When you mm-hmm. walk into the store, you're already in a purchasing mindset. Correct. Yeah. So if you saw the right content to the right person at the right time and place, of course it's going to convert better. <laughs> this is Scott. This is Stephen. And this is the Popable Podcast, where we share proven strategies and talk with industry experts to help you grow your pop-up business. Welcome back to the Popable Podcast with Scott and Steve. We're very fortunate to have the CEO and co-founder of Zenus AI, Panos Mutafis. Tell us about Zenus and, and, and what the business is all about, because I know this is going to be fascinating content for our listeners. First of all, thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. In a nutshell, what we do, we help companies collect behavioral data about their consumers to offer better service. And this might mean a few different things as we delve into the discussion. We usually separate the services into three segments. First, understanding your customer, the demographic profile, either men, women, young, old, if they're happy or unhappy with the service. Second thing, being able to influence behavior and display relevant content at the point of purchase. So if you have a male person between 20 and 40, something that speaks to them. If you have a female person between 40 and 60, something that speaks to her. And the third piece is forecasting, being able to tell, you know, at the end of the month, will we make more or less sales at our location? Will we have more or less traffic? Being able to predict what is going to happen in your business, which is very important for so many different reasons. So that's in a nutshell, we're helping companies with AI get a better understanding and grasp control of their business. Very cool. So the kind of the, the brief understanding I got, and, and our listeners, unfortunately, don't have the, the benefit of the uh, video or the, uh, the presentation documents that I got to look at previously to, to have the visual reference. But um, just describing what I saw, it, it's Zenus kind of has this like AI powered smart camera technology that's kind of part of your displays and within the stores itself to do this like facial recognition and understand your, the buyer's potential sentiment that's going on, you're getting some demographic data out of that. And from that, you're able to then extract into those three different pillars you were just describing. Is that about right? Exactly right. And with one comment, we are not using facial recognition. If you go on our website and our material, you will see that uh, the three words to describe our business is ethical facial analysis. So the way we developed our technology, we do not identify individuals. We do not extract the unique identifiers for people captured by the technology. Instead, we're collecting group level anonymous statistics because this protects people's privacy. And the second piece, which is very important and integral to what we do, the video from the smart IoT cameras, it is not stored anywhere. It is not streamed anywhere. All the processing is local on the edge and the only information collected and transmitted is group-level statistics. So, for example, you can say between 9 and 9.30 in the morning, we saw 56 faces, 26 men, 20 women. This is an aggregate level, aggregate statistics. And this is what has helped us reach compliance across the board. Yeah, I'm sure it's really important with the healthcare side, uh, among other areas, because you guys have been in multiple countries, and I know there's a lot of data privacy acts and stuff that are in place. So that helps you with the compliance side. Is that what I'm understanding? 
exactly right. We have right now we have devices anywhere from South Africa, Turkey, Greece, Romania, Belgium, Netherlands, Germany, Spain, UK, Chile, Mexico, US, Canada. So we have already seen very good traction about the technology in different regions in Europe. GDPR is, mm -hmm. it's, is the framework around privacy yeah. and it's very strict and very regulated in what you can do and what you cannot do. Uh, and this approach we have taken, it, uh, it, it and, and source compliance in all of these regions. Very cool. So I, I know the business has worked with some really huge brands. I'm just reading the material we got before the interview, PwC, Oracle, Keller Williams, and, and again, like you just said, across so many different countries. Moving and transitioning into retail, are there, are there particular market sectors that you're aiming at? Are you going at department stores, grocery, fashion? Where do you see the opportunities for the business? First of all, one of the challenges is that we have too many use cases and too many opportunities. We have done right. work from business events, political events, airports, retail stores, retail brands, pop-up stores. It's, it's a very wide spectrum. Where we see a very big opportunity and a very big impact is with the retail brands, not the stores necessarily, the brands. And let me explain. Usually the brands, they are starving for data. Mm -hmm. They're the most motivated to get an understanding of what is going on in the store. Whether you have your own stores or you're putting product in a retail store, like grocery store, Walmart, whatever, you don't know what is going on. How many people passed by? How many of them stopped? What was the demographic profile? What was their sentiment? How, how they were feeling about what they saw? All of this information is missing. You have less control. And by working with us, they're gaining some of this control to be able to get more data, more information, and adjust the strategy. And at the end of the day, create better products. And many of the brands, they always want to get listed to the bigger and bigger retailers, retail stores. And they want to be ahead of the curve. And having some data to show why something worked or why it didn't work gives them the evidence they need to go to these bigger retailer chains and list their products. The accuracy of, of, of the data, the, like the, the prediction of sales, and what, how accurate are you or, or what's the data showing? Are you spot on? Are you, you know, are you within a, a variant 5%, 10%? How accurate can you be? Just to clarify, are you asking about the accuracy of, is this a male person, female person, well, or about well, the Let's take all of that. How accurate <laughs> are you across the board? Yeah, why not? Why not? This is one of, of our biggest strengths. I haven't seen any other company having a system like ours. It works with face masks. I know that right now we're getting, wow. we're, we're getting into the endemic part of, of COVID-19, but it works with face masks. It works with sunglasses, with hats, caps, all of them combined. It's very accurate. And because we are processing the video on the edge, we are using uh, a device that I will show it on the video, but it's, I know this is not be, will be available on the podcast. This is what it looks like. It's like an Apple TV for yeah. people. Yeah, uh, size-wise. Yeah. It's like an Apple yeah. TV. It's very small, but it has hundreds of cores. It's like a GPU, like having a very powerful GPU in your hands, very powerful. So we are analyzing multiple frames per second, 10, sec 10 frames per second, 15 frames per second. So we're capturing many times each phase and we're giving it a label, male, female, a confidence score on the prediction. And at the end, we're keeping the most confident predictions for each phase. And that's how we can put a label. And on the individual frame, our accuracy is 90, 95%. But when you combine many frames together, many predictions together, 
you have an aggregate, it becomes even more accurate. Wow. So the accuracy is very high. It's not perfect. It will never be perfect, but it's very high. And going to the next level on the insights and predictions, what we are always trying to help people understand is that you cannot ever predict what people think. And in particular, you cannot predict what a specific person thinks sure. or feels like. But if you have, let's say, 9,000 people captured in a month passing over a point of interest, then we can pretty accurately say if people like it or they don't like it. If people it. stay there a long time or they don't stay a long time. How their sentiment changes based on the time. All, all of these things. When you have a large enough sample and such a high accuracy, you can predict very accurately. That's incredible. Yeah. That's something that we did not talk about previously was I know you're doing video capture mm -hmm. and it's staying on the device and it's not being broadcast anywhere and you're processing that and doing all the analytics. Are you also capturing the audio and processing that, or is that not part of what you're doing or does that add to privacy concerns? So we have done work around this with a Fortune 50 company and the results were pretty, pretty amazing. I cannot disclose too much because of all of the non-disclosures, but very interesting insights from audio. We have not deployed this in retail stores for the time being because you have a lot of the privacy concerns. What if somebody says something identifiable? What if somebody says something personal? They discuss their own health, they discuss, they mention a credit card number, whatever. You have to treat this a little bit more carefully. We are talking with our lawyers and legal advice on what's the best way to, de to deploy, but it is coming, most likely or not. It is coming. We just have to make sure it is developed and deployed in a safe manner for the consumer. Makes sense. I could really see the use case with that. I just think like tag clouds. What words are you seeing repeated over and over again in an area? This is, you know, beautiful. I love this. Things like that that could be uh, indications or. I really hate the packaging, things like that, that may be the feedback that these brands are looking for to, uh, to make the adjustments. Maybe for a minute, Penis, why don't you dive into the analytical side of what's being pro provided back to a brand once they're capturing, you're capturing those components and what are you seeing as the use cases of what's being the responses after they've got those analytics and the results? Uh, I have one. It is a retail brand. It is a store in Europe. And they use our technology because they have different promotions over different periods of time. Mm -hmm. In January, they will have one promotion. In February, they will have a different promotion. And they want to see what is the impact of these promotions and different experiences in the store to the consumer. So we started around the holiday time before Christmas and so forth. And we had this as the promotion A, and then we had promotion B after the, the holiday period, January and February. So in the data, what we were seeing on our end was that the second promotion after the holiday, we were seeing more traffic in the store. We were seeing uh, a decrease in dwell time in how long people staying were staying in the store. And at the same time, an increase in sentiment and satisfaction, especially in key demographics for the brand, 50 years plus, mm -hmm. this was their key demographic and they wanted to make sure that they have a very good experience. Because in the pre previous period, they didn't have as, a, as, as good uh, rate on the customer satisfaction. And we were seeing all of these good numbers. And I was like, how is it possible that after the holiday, we are seeing such good numbers when most of the brands, they're suffering yeah, out of the yeah. holidays. They're making most of their sales before during the holidays. And we called, we presented to the results. We went through the dashboard and the report. 
And we said, that's what we are seeing. And we were, how can I say it? Hesitant and worried about the results because we were like, are we off? Did we miss something? And they told us, hey, hey Punch, no, that's exa- you're exactly right. Our sales have been up because we had some promotions and discounts. Right. And we know that. We- <laughs> so it, it, it was such, it, you know, you do it again and again, and you always see these insights being validated and making sense based on the context. And, and right now, they're looking to start giving us more of the sales data because we didn't have the sales data before to give them more specific insights on who converts the most, why, and so forth. That's an example. That comes wow, to that's, my that, that's incredible. The, the <laughs> IoT device that you're using, where, where mm-hmm. do you actually place it? Is it placed in the ceiling of the environment? Is it on the shelf? What, what, how do you actually set it up to capture all of this information? Okay, I love the question because now uh, I can talk about the deployment we're doing. We're going live next week in Houston, in Houston, wow. Texas. Mm-hmm. So there are one of two locations where you would put uh, the device. And by the way, with a very uh, regular web camera, we can capture 60 feet away from the camera, maybe even more. It's very, the technology piece, is, it's top-notch, it's top quality. Mm-hmm. I'm very proud of the uh, work the team did. You can put it in the front desk, on, the, on your desk, where mm-hmm. we have... Where's the cashiers? Or you can put it near the door to see who's coming in or how many people are walking outside. It's it's plug and play. You just take it, you in, you you install it. You can have a tripod, you can have a clamp mount. We have done all of these logistics very easy to use. You plug in the power and everything works. So it's very easy uh, mm-hmm. way to install. What we're doing, what we're launching next week, which it's very exciting, and you're the first to know, by the way. <laughs> so uh, there's an announcement. We're working <laughs> at a jewelry store in Houston at the uh-huh. mall, and we're getting a 65-inch display that will be at the storefront near the, the window, the glass, and it will have a message that says, hey, come closer. And when you go closer, it will say, if you're a male person, you know what? Maybe you have you want to get a ring for your significant other. It's time messaging to, to get them to get inside the store. If it is a female person, these earrings would look great on you because you are this and that. So you get them to walk into the store and increase the business metrics, sales, and so forth. So we really are heading towards that. I think it is it Minority Report, the movie, <laughs> the, the, the Tom Cruise movie, where as you're walking into <laughs> store, people, although obviously the facial recognition and so on, where we'll be being able to identify male and female in terms of what their purchasing habits might be. The technology is coming on in, in leaps and bounds in that respect then. It, it is there. We have done deployments in wow. stores, in, in, in pharmacies, in, in grocery stores, where you add a dynamic and adaptive display with this content. And we have seen sales increasing up to 382%. And we went, <laughs> so Steven has this expression in his face. <laughs> 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 wow. That's, that's, that's yeah, incredible. And we didn't expect it either. We didn't expect it either. I was, I was like, is this real? Is this right? And sure. this is a six month long pilot. We have gone through the numbers. We have gone through the traffic. We have adjusted for seasonality. We have looked every single detail and it is really a genuine increase in sales. In other locations, they were 20% down. Where they had that technology, three to four hundred percent up. We played with different content, and when you change the content, it changes the the, the conversion rate in sales. It's a very clear attribution, in our opinion, based on what we have seen. It happens for the following reasons: Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, Google, all of these advertising works, but you take people from a content consumption mode 
to purchasing. When you mm-hmm. walk into the store, you're already in a purchasing mindset. Correct. Yeah. So if you saw the right content to the right person at the right time and place, of course it's going to convert better. <laughs> so that same piece of right. content can be crafted to a, a female or male purchaser. So, so, so you've got multiple streams of content for one product, just pay, playing it to the right individual to exactly. focus them on, on the point of sale. Exactly. Or you can do the other thing. You can have multiple selves where we have done similar things and then you draw attention to a different product on the different self. Yeah. Amazing. So it's really taking what we've seen in some of the e-commerce realms of personalized recommendations, real-time A-B split test and all that kind of stuff. And you've taken it into an offline world in doing the same thing with, I guess, your analytics are probably coming back in really quickly too for them to be analyzing that data and put their pits That's in a place. very good point. Everything we do is real time. So all the brands, they can go to the dashboard and they have real time access to all the information. Every 30 seconds, they see the data points. I want to talk about the deployment we did with an international airport where we put up the, you know, flight information displays, a couple of cameras, and we were able to see that specific older demographics. And it was, they were staying longer and they were a little bit more frustrated than other people. And we went and right now we're adjusting the font size to make it easier to read the displays and improve the experience of the visitors. Like you can, you can play in so many different ways. It's very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. You should say that having, having spent a few weeks ago, some frustrating times in airports, font size makes a, makes a huge difference. You're absolutely right. And color, the colors on the monitors as well, playing with the colors. To see which which gives a a better response, yeah, and because right now any assumption you have, you can go and test it with data. Yeah, yeah and the yeah. best decisions are made with data. We haven't done a deployment that we didn't see something we didn't expect to see there, which is always very exciting. I knew this was going to be interesting, Scott. I'm just blown away by a, a, a the success you're having, and certainly some of those numbers, uh, and and the the way you're able to influence and brands and and purchasing. I think that's. What's the size of the company, Panos? How, how long have you actually been around? So as a company, we have been around for a while. And right. we went through some tough times during the pandemic, as you may imagine. Sure, because sure. initially we were focusing only on business events and our revenue went literally down to zero at the onset of the pandemic. Like all the sales, like all the events got cancelled. Yeah. But right now it's picking up very nicely. And we took advantage actually because we had enough cash in our bank account during the pandemic, we were very lucky to have good investors, good, good backers to help us get through these times. We doubled down on the product. Mm. We started pushing for pilots and deployments and polishing the product last year. So it's as the product you, you are seeing, and I'm just showing it again to Steve. Yeah. Yeah. This has been deployed for about uh, 12 to 13 months now, but we have done lots of deployments, multiple countries, different scales, and we have doubled down on based on that. So the core team is about five people and we do work quite a bit with channel partnerships. So this includes agencies working retail. This includes hopefully brands like Povable, where you have the different connecting brands with space because both can benefit and lots of other direct brands as well, event organizers, airports, lots of different use cases. Congratulations on, on, on what you're doing. Panos, if people want to get hold of you, what's the best way for them to connect with you? Two, two things. LinkedIn, I always respond to messages. It might take me sometimes a little bit longer, but I am very responsive. That's one. I go to my LinkedIn. But also, they can go to our website. is Zenus, Z-E-N-U-S dot A-I. And again, they can schedule a live demo. They can leave us a message, subscribe to our newsletter. We are having more and more content. 
and we're focusing on the education of the market quite a bit. So any of these means would be a good way to get in touch with us. Thanks for listening to The Poppable Podcast, brought to you by Stephen Brooks, the pop-up retail expert, and poppable.com, the online community marketplace that matches pop-up brands and spaces. If you have any questions for the show, you can email us at questions at poppablepodcast.com or leave us a voice recording at poppablepodcast.com. Don't forget to review, share, and subscribe, and we'll both see you next time on The Poppable Podcast.